introduce you guys to Dr. Brown shortly. In this show, we're going to talk about Rutgers versus the Orlando Saints Florida Students President. We talk about Orlando City team supporters, the entire landscape. But first of all, let's dive into the NC Cincinnati New York Red Bulls match that happened yesterday. So, Nichols Stadium, the home of FC Cincinnati, had 33,250 people come out as the USL side hosted the New York Red Bulls of MLS. And Cincinnati had an absolutely amazing drive. The Bailey were supporter kicks were an absolute rock and roll in the entire match. Dan Garbert, or the uh, MLS commissioner, was in attendance at the match, and he complimented the Cincinnati supporters. And the uh, atmosphere was just fantastic. As you can say, we went up 2-0 in the match. And then the New York Red Bulls showed up. In the second half, they got two late goals pretty late, and the match went to extra time. They scored in the first five minutes of extra time and then just carried their lead on to a 3-2 win. Absolutely devastating the crowd at FC Cincinnati. But FC Cincinnati does play again, and that's today. They have two games in Kentucky and some USL action. That'll be an interesting games to treat them, and some more interesting news is we had an article up on our website, soccerroundtable.net, about how ESPN will be broadcasting the championship match between Sporting Kansas City and the New York Red Bulls in the USFA Cup. That game will be in Kansas City in September, and we had an article about that. This will be the only fourth time that ESPN has broadcasted the USFA Cup final. And this will be the second match that ESPN broadcasted. And this was the first one was a quarterfinal match between FC Cincinnati and Chicago. That, I mean, historical match where it went to PKs and Nick for FC Cincinnati had that game-winning PK save to win the game for Cincinnati. And this match will actually be on ESPN2 while the one earlier this year in the quarterfinal was actually on ESPN. So that's kind of interesting. And that leads to some discussion we had with the Josh Heffler of the US and the Cup.us.com earlier this year about how once you get to the quarterfinal stage, all of these matches will be broadcasted. Wow, all of these matches are broadcasted online and you would like to see them be on local channels like the Atlanta match over the CW, even though, or maybe even ESPN3 picking up some of these matches, ESPN2 and ESPN, um, the main channel picking up some of the other, you know, intriguing matchups, like if another USL club maybe like Charleston next year, or if there's a sharp independence, maybe an NFL club, Indy 11, or Miami's in there late, that would be interesting. You know, ESPN pick up more of these matches. And I would also like to see all of these matches be on YouTube instead of U.S. Soccer's website because they're really hard to get to. YouTube has better streaming quality, and you can put them on your smart TV, which is probably the main factor in that. I would love to see these matches be back on YouTube rather than taking people's TVs. But let's talk about some other notable news that happened today. Detroit City FC the big-time NCSL club on Sirius XM, the co-owner said that we're not ready to 
to announce a vignette here for an exciting week in the upcoming season, basically saying that they're moving to ASL. This is the NASL's third division, and there it is four professionals, so this would be a huge step for DCFP. Going into a full professional atmosphere, and I cannot imagine the excitement and the absolute diehard fans for DCFP fans. And also, I would like to point out on SoccerRoundtable.net, we have some great NWSL coverage. Where we'll have um, match recaps every match for a few teams like FC Kansas City, the Chicago White Stars, and hopefully a few more teams get added to that list. We also have some um, great articles up written by a few different people on how NWSL paid rates should be increased and how, for instance, the U.S. Men's National Team was paid $8 million because they were eliminated in the second round of the World Cup while the U.S. Women's National Team was paid $2 million for winning the World Cup. So, it and the paid rate and how women are being forced to retire because it's not financially financially beneficial for them to keep playing and they have to retire in their 20s and they're very very talented and could keep on playing if they played if they were a male and playing in the male league so yeah some great articles and great talking points we had the week 16 recap of nwsl and that was awesome so make sure you check that out on soccerroundtable.net but first of all let's have this interview with the president of the Rutgers, and on the other side of the interview, we'll touch on some other topics. So be there. Take it away, Ryan. All right, and we're joined by Jerry Upek from um, the Ruckus, the Orlando City Supporters Group. How is uh, things in Orlando? Um, as always, painful. <laughs> <laughs> so after the painful loss uh, last week. Orlando, looking down the road, do you think they are a playoff contender as right now? I think that's the difficult thing is I, we've seen spurts. Um, ever since the first Atlanta game and pretty much through every game since then, even though the results haven't been exactly what we've wanted, me personally, um, I've seen things that appear to show that the team is starting to improve. Obviously, the results are not there. Um fact that we only see it 45 minutes at a time in some games is a little bit disheartening uh, but I can finally start to see what looks like something that could be good um, the way MLS playoffs work I really have no idea um, I don't see any reason why they still can't make it the race is tight the game against Columbus is going to be huge this weekend in terms of it's basically a double point game um, I wouldn't count anything out uh, it's not the first, it's pretty much an annual tradition for Orlando City to basically die in the summer heat. Uh, I don't know why that is. Um, I, I think a lot of us have our own opinions as to why that happens. Uh, but it seems to be an annual tradition at this point. So they always kind of pick things up afterwards, though. So I'm hoping for the same thing again. And hopefully not make that playoff push as close as it's been the last two seasons and actually finally break through. Uh, I think they really can do it, honestly. I think as much as we will look at the pickup of Dwyer, uh, picking up Yoshi and what he offers in terms of our lack of creativity in the midfield, I, I think that's going to do wonders uh, for the team. Uh, will it be enough? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. 
Yeah, and Orlando has, if they do not make the playoffs this season, they'll go the longest in MLS for an expansion team from their expansion year to not make the playoffs. Now, Kyle Aaron, he's been kind of iffy where he's not really creating many chances. He's not been scoring as much as Orlando City would like him to. Do you see his stint in Orlando coming to an end very soon? And if so, what do you think the price tag Orlando City should be looking to transfer him for or sell him for? Um, I know Kyle has a fair amount of haters. Um, I know personally I'm not a fan of his game. Um, I don't particularly like it in terms of what I want to see my team do. Uh, that's not to say he's a bad player in any sense of the imagination. He's an amazing player. Uh, I can see him drawing interest from Europe just because the style that he offers on the pitch works for so many teams who play a specific style. Like He would fit really, really well in a lower division English team uh, in terms of the get out wide and pump good service into the box. He's a finisher. He, he, he's not someone who's going to face goal and create his own chances. He needs service. He needs good quality service. Otherwise, he's going to give you nothing. Um, if we can get $7 million for him, I'd be really, really happy. Uh, it's not that I want Kyle to go. It's been a huge he, – he's been a success. Whether you like him or the way he plays or not, he puts balls in the back of the net. So when someone's scoring and hopefully bagging three points a game, it's kind of ludicrous to complain about – how a player is performing. Uh, but I, I think the signing of Dwyer pretty much kind of indicated that they had a chance to replace Laren now. So why not do it when you're really just paying ghost money to get him? Like, you're using Garber bucks. It really costs us nothing. And in the world of transfers, what it would really cost to replace a player like Laren is far more than we pay to get Dwyer. Yeah, I think $7 million be huge for MLS and Evolving it kind of into that 4.0 where they can kind of be the buyer and the seller in the same sentence. And I think you would fit in with a team like Elite United. I think you would give that, you know, American name that's played in MLS to um, England, where Leeds United and the lower division of England has lots of supporters in America, and a lot of um, part owners are also in America. But Kaka, he's been kind of interesting because he's been wavering on if he's going to retire after the season. And what's up with that? Do you think what's best for him personally? And as an Orlando fan, does he still is he still worth all the money that Orlando's paying him? Should he retire after the season? That's a difficult one. I mean, I was a huge fan of when we got Kaká in the beginning. I mean, he's always been like a double guy. Uh, he'll give you the same amount of goals as he gives you in terms of assists. Uh, my issue is I I I don't think we've ever given Kaká a fair shake. I mean, he does show patterns of brilliance in some games where he definitely still has it. But to be quite honest, we've never really built a team around his skill set. Um, you see it often, uh, pretty much every all-star game he's gone to. I can't comment on this all-star game because I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I still have it on my DVR. But the two all-star games before that, when you mix him with high-quality players who are playing at pace, not waiting for the ball to get to them, which is a recurring problem with our team, the dude still has it. He can ball with the best of them still when he has speed around him to provide service to. When the team is stagnant and they don't understand what a through ball is, uh, I don't think it's really fair. I, I think given how the, the team is constructed, I think he gets paid too much. Uh, if the team was better suited to his abilities and what he does well, I, I think that that would not 
seven million a year is nothing to me, considering what he would be able to offer a team like that. Um, you throw him in, onto NYCFC and put David Villa in front of him, making the runs that someone with a high soccer IQ knows how to make. He is bagging assists and goals like it's nobody's business. Um, but he's never really had that. I mean, he had Molino. Molino would always basically bust his butt and make those runs. Um, but ever since we lost Molino, ever since we lost Adrian Venter, we've never really replaced that player on the right. So, I mean, it doesn't make it very difficult to play Orlando City when we're playing every game and only two-thirds of the pitch. Yeah, I'll agree. Kaká, uh, I don't think he fits into Jason Christ's system where I kind of sit back and played defense most of the match. And that would be very, very scary if he went to NYCFC and uh, teamed up with David Villa. And I think Orlando, what they're kind of missing is that really playmaker at um, central attacking mid, like someone like a Diego Valeri in Portland, someone that can really create chances for everyone around him that can make everyone better. Because I think Don Dwyer, he's not someone that's going to create offense by himself. He needs someone to play off of that can help create those opportunities and lanes. But let's talk about yeah. Jason Christ. Let's talk about Jason Christ himself. Does he deserve to be fired, or is it just the roster does not have talent around him? Is he the right manager, and does he have the right system for what Orlando City needs to be successful? I would say full disclosure from the moment that we found out we were going to MLS, Jason Christ was the coach I wanted. Um, I was a huge fan of Inchi. I know him personally. I'm a really good friend of his. I like him a lot. Amazing. He's a legend for Orlando City. I think the reason we lost Inchi the first season was that after DeWire went back and we didn't have a forward really to play in that final season before he we went to MLS, Kevin Molino filled that role. So he started toying with this second striker, false nine-looking offense, and kind of lost what he does well. Um, I think if you look to uh, the if you look to Louisville City, Lucity, um, O'Connor, the coach there, pretty much plays in the style that made Heath famous in USL. He still lives and breathes what that system looks like, and it works really, really well. Um, I think Inchi lost himself, and I kind of think Jason's kind of going through the same thing right now. Um, I like him a lot. I know what he's trying to do with the team and what it could look like if it clicks. Uh, my issue is there's just simple things that I watch a ridiculous amount of soccer and the simple little things that we're not doing that I see rec teams do and I don't see my team doing. Um, I don't see through balls. I see people standing around waiting to receive a pass versus – anticipating things when it's working it looks really really good but i can't not blame a little bit of on i don't want to blame christ because he hasn't had long enough uh he's had to clean out a pretty bad roster um a roster with a lot of money involved that honestly these people shouldn't be paid what they're paid for their ability level uh i think he's got to have two years at least um i've seen what it can be I would like it to be better, especially with the way that the season started. Um, but, no, I think I think he deserves time. I, I don't want to be a team that cycles through managers to get it right. Uh, if he goes, I wouldn't even know who he would hire. I wouldn't even know who to go after. Um, I could come up with some joke suggestions just to be funny, but, honestly, I, I wouldn't even know who they would pursue. That's a fair point. And when Jason Christ was coming to the Lions, 
people were actually even talking about him taking over as the U.S. national team uh, manager. And I don't know if that was kind of in a joking way, but he had a pretty good resume. But let's talk about the supporters and the fans itself. Do you think that the Atlanta-Orlando rivalry is a rivalry yet? I really don't think so. Um, I think it's just kind of more annoying on our end. I don't think it's a rivalry. It's it's kind of a respect thing. Uh, there's no history in Atlanta. Not that they're not a good team. I think their team's amazing. I think their team's one of the best teams in the league. It's what goes on in the front office, what goes on in the stands. It's, it's clownish. Um, their team is amazing. Uh, Atlanta United is a fantastic team. Uh, they set it up to compete. Uh, I like watching them play. I've watched pretty much every MLS game. I've watched literally anything that can come on TV. That's soccer. The team is amazing. Um, I don't like their culture at all. I think it's exactly what MLS should not be. Uh, it's essentially borrowed NFL culture. It's homogenized. Um, it's basic. Like, maybe with time they'll get better, but what I've seen so far, they just don't get it. So I don't want it to be – it's not a rivalry to me. A rivalry is someone who can push me to be better. Uh, we're already 100 times better than they are, so they're not going to push me to be better. Um, there are teams out there that I think show potential. A lot of the teams – there's a couple in USL and the lower divisions that I would love to see get moved up because I think that they could offer that. But I don't know. Our rival is Columbus. It is what it is. No, I mean, you can move geographic teams closer to us, and it's nice to have the option of travel. Um, but, no, it, it really isn't a rivalry. That's a fair point. And I do think one thing that people are taking away is the size, the TFOs, and some of the TFOs. Um, I think only really Atlanta fans could see the uh, Waffle House TFO style. I was thinking Pinky Bobby Dodd at the last Orlando match, but the TFOs get bigger when they have the um, the mechanisms to hold up larger TFOs in the new Mercedes coming up soon, so I think that will improve, and I think with time the fans will grow and learn, because this is not a well... Um, the Silverbacks are really the only team besides the Chiefs that have had a long stand uh, in Atlanta, so the fans are not well-developed in their soccer knowledge, so I think it will grow in time. Now, yeah, I think they'll oh, grow. They, I, I, the growth will happen there. I mean, it's not a rivalry right now, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be one eventually. Exactly, and I think you know if a Miami comes in Orlando, they'll try to focus more on Miami, and then if a Nashville or a Raleigh franchise comes in MLS, I think that'll be the main focus for Atlanta. I, I don't think this sees a long term. Um, anytime soon because I think the other teams coming to the league and drawing focus away from this. But what does Orlando have? What does their fan base have to make the um, Ironline Firm and the Ruckus just stand out from the rest of American soccer? And do you think they can compete with the supporters in Europe? I do. Um, I think, it, honestly, I mean, it, it, we're amazing for what we do because of our diversity. Um, the one thing that helps us basically always push the envelope is we have everyone you can think of from the world as a part of our group. Um, we pull from every form of supporter culture. We do our own thing that's not tied to a any culture at all, that we just want to be us. Um, having that 
having that drive, that passion that comes pretty much from every part of the world, it's just you never know what we're going to do. We're not going to do something every game. We're not going to do a TIFO every game because quality is always more important to us than quantity. But when we do something, we don't hold anything back. Uh, when people come and play, I mean, ours is not the ours is not a hospitable environment. Um, people know when they come to play Orlando. Um, that first run at the beginning of the season, that was us. You see that now with the team. Nothing's changed in the team. Nothing's changed in the tactics of the team. They're losing now. We willed them to those points. That experience, that stadium, that excitement in that stadium, that's what explains the start of the season. Yeah, and but what would you say to someone or someone that is not familiar with Orlando that seems isolated cases and takes them out kind of out of context, but says that Orlando fans are violent or hostile. What would you say to those people, and how would you react to that? I would say we're very, very protective of our own. Um, I consider myself to be a nonviolent person, but I can pretty much say from my history in terms of social media and other things in terms of running the group, I have no chill for hate. No chill whatsoever. I don't care what team it comes from. I don't care if it comes from my home team. If you venture and you cross that line, banter's fun. I love banter. I want to be pushed by other teams. I want other teams to push us not only to be better in terms of the TIFO displays we do, how loud we are, the music that we introduce, but also intellectually how we basically banter with other teams. I want us to be uh, – shit-talking is fun. I don't know if you have to bleep that out, but it's a lot of fun. Um, there are lines not to be crossed. Uh, I know we had the guy that basically got his nose punched. He came into our area and threw a bottle in the direction of kids. I'm sorry. You were lucky to be alive. You do not do that. There are lines of decorum. You came somewhere looking for trouble. You put our kids in harm's way. You're not escaping from that. And it's stuff like that. Yes. In that vicinity, maybe you should just tell the cops and have them deal with it. But I'm sorry. We, that is a, that's private property. That is not a public lot. We pay for that lot every single game. Yes, guests of members are allowed to come, but you don't cross that line, people. I mean, I, I don't know what some of the people are thinking. I, I honestly, the kind of funny thing is I was worried more about issues during the Atlanta game, and that's the first game I got to watch the full 90. No issue whatsoever inside the stadium. It was great. Um it was one of those things like you're apprehensive about what could possibly happen and literally nothing actually ended up happening that was a big issue. Nothing happened in that game or before or after. All right, and you know, it, was, it was kind of interesting because the, that part of the – that side of the story has not been, you know, just the picture of the dude after the um, controversy – that was shown, but where can people find you on social media? Where can they uh, get involved with the Rockets? Um, you can contact Don Garber. He has my Twitter handle. No, I'm kidding. Um, everyone pretty much knows my Twitter handle, Strixterwire. Um, I try and keep my name out of it, not because I don't care that people know who I am, but uh, I do a lot of charity work. I, I, I teach, um, and I work with kids a lot, so i got no problem putting my names to things, but at the same time, there are lines to be crossed, and we have professional lives. That That's what I do. That's my passion. That's what I love. I love my kids. Uh, all my students are my own. 
Uh, join the Ruckus, ruckusorlando.org. Um, you can pretty much find everything on there. Uh, you can always find us in and around the Broken Cauldron on game day uh, and on the way days. I mean, there's not a way day we don't make. Uh, we've gone to every away day that we have for Orlando City. We always travel, no matter how far our away it is, to see our boys. Hopefully back three points. All right, well, we appreciate the interview, and uh, hopefully you'll join us again some other time. Cool, man. It was fun. All right, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Now let's touch on another subject, the Colorado Rapids. They fired their manager, Bob Lanesero, after a few seasons. And, you know, I'm, this is actually a good thing because he plays a very bunker-style where he'll bunker around, not really try to go brawling at all. And it's short, really boring style that really hurts the game. And we saw that when the Open Cup came around. They had barely 500 fans in the stadium watching the game, which I know is still boring to watch. Their own supporters do not appreciate the style of play that Colorado plays, you know, getting him out of there. It's a great thing. And when you ask about tactics in press conferences, the first thing he'll say is, I love the epic, my guy. Great epic, great epic, great epic. Great epic. Like, great epic. Great epic. It's not really tactics for guys. He's kind of pumping you up. He's a college football coach guy. Where, you know, in MLS, you don't have to pump up professional athletes. They're getting paid to do this. They're pumped up. You know, you have to have someone else like a, uh, you know, for example, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan is a great football influencer, but he pumps his players up. He gets in their faces. He gets loud. He gets proud. In soccer, you have someone like Tata Martino at uh, United, someone that's very calm, which is Isakov and Zad guys are very calm, collected. That's what's going to win you in MLS. Or like a Bob Bradley down at LAFC. You know, for example, Jason Price in Orlando. That Pablo did not really, he was not that guy. And I think now that he's out of the league, that's a good thing for him. And one last thing before we exit for this episode. If you want to write for us or advertise for us, you can shoot us an email at sportsbrownsradio.com. Or you can send us a or a message on Twitter at SOCC Roundtable. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and our website at SoccerRoundtable.net. If you want to get a Soccer Roundtable shirt, you can also contact us on any of those ways listed before. And until next time, see ya.